I love that. Yeah, I like that. It is like uh it's like we were rolling, had right, our laugh right. track, real everything going on good, and stop. It said recording in progress. And like just lights stop. and sound lights and sound. Right. Yeah, well, what they're probably not gonna want to listen to is people laughing. Right. Better get serious. Let's get, get real about this. Get for real here. Gives me the option to leave the meeting. I'm not gonna. I'm not leaving this, Steli. I'm in it. No. Actually, it's- I'm I'm not starting it either. I'm I'm pouring coffee. Okay. <laughs> what you into? Nothing. Just uh poking around. We'll do some a little Christmas sick, shop. huh? A little Christmas shopping and stuff. Online or just uh, at the stores there? Both. But we're on. One of these days we'll be lucky and we'll just be able to be shut in all day. That's what my right. preschooler told her. In preschool, she said, in the future. You're going to fly to work, but you're not going to have to work because robots are going to do it for you. You're just going to have to fly to work and make sure they're doing your job. Are you doing my job? All right, good. Going back home. Don't bother me. That's funny. And ask what you're really into. You're shopping, but I mean, nothing else, really? You ain't tattooing? You ain't, you ain't working? What? No, I'm off today, so. Any guy any cool projects worked up? No, man. I'm all moved in, settled in. I uh, I ain't got really nothing. Uh, Noah's coming over in a little bit. Well, good. Then we'll have plenty to talk about. Gonna do lunch with him. So. Oh, Noah. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. yeah I didn't. I don't know if it went out. But I didn't really hear the name. Yeah, my son Noah. Well, I was hoping to talk to you about something you reminded me of in a text message recently. What's up? That that uh, because I I forgot it, but never really applied it, I guess. But uh, you must have listened to the podcast with Tramp because you said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry about not um acknowledging you when you came to the shop so many years ago." I must have yeah. told the story about the first time I ever saw you, and we never met really, but right. I just saw you tattooing. And I'm some young fucking uh, tattoo artist scratching out of his house. Wasn't scratching, but I'm um, working out of Flint. And I came up and I was like, hey. And I kind of nodded at you. And you kind of right. looked at me. And you gave me kind of not really a sneer, but and not really a Jersey smirk somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Just a rude look, huh? It was it wasn't it wasn't a hey, great to see you. Right. <laughs> not not what I'm familiar with now when I see Stelios. It wasn't a, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Right, right. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a, what the fuck you bothering me for? Right, right. Um, I was put off by it, honestly, that day. But um, after so many times, I don't know, many times, wasn't even that long, right? You You get to realize real quick, even as you're leaving the shop, you're like, that guy probably gets bothered about ink. Something that's not his job on a daily basis. Yeah, at that, at that point, too, like, we were literally, like, getting traffic every day by somebody and, and multiple times. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. you got black, you got any black ink, you got any thermal fax paper, blah, you know what I'm saying? All, all this stuff day in and day out but i just feel bad because like that's the impression i made on you the first time and uh i didn't i didn't know you and i didn't really uh you know well you you apologized to me for it but 
I didn't, I mean, none's needed. You're, you're, uh, I don't know. What do you say? You're welcome. Do you say you're forgiven? I guess that's what I say. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But, but none's needed. Uh, I completely understand now. And also, um, but moreover, I wanted to go over how you feel now about because because like you look at it now and you were really apologetic about it. You're very emphatic about how how you felt. And you say that at one point that you were cocky in your youth as a tattoo artist. That's yeah. what you told me, I believe. Yeah, definitely. You know, I wasn't like a, a popular kid in school or anything like that. So, no, no, I, I don't believe it. When I, uh, uh, I don't believe it. You're lying to me, motherfucker. You no. were you were on the wrestling team. How were you not popular? And no, no, dude. I was like a dork, but whatever. Did, did you have all that? No, not whatever. Let's get into your dorkness. That's what people love the most, man. What? what tell me, tell me, what made you a dork? Did you know the misfits yet? Oh yeah, I was uh, balls deep in the, in the misfits. Uh, you, did you mean I, to make it sound as gay as it just sounded when you said yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> no, Iron Maiden, like all all of that, like uh, Tw uh, Twisted Sister and uh, Def Leppard. No, 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 that wasn't really my my thing. Bro. I didn't mean Def Leppard. I guess you should, you don't really put Twisted Sister and Def Leppard in the same category, but yeah, it's more maybe more into adjacent. like that death metal kind of thing like obituary and more more oh, okay death would you think it, king diamond too or not no i didn't really like king diamond or merciful fate back then but kind of yeah it was okay. operatic but i did like judas priest and he was kind of operatic too but right but no miss misfits and danzig was definitely my thing and nobody really heard it or knew it Except I think there was like two kids that, you know, whenever I wore the shirts that like nodded at me or whatever. But that was like, you know, remind me who the misfits are. Aren't, aren't a, they somebody I should have heard of them? What, uh, what they do, they go on and they, they wrote Blix Creep Bop or something, right? <laughs> no, that was that was the Ramones. But uh, oh, yes, the, yes, the yes. misfits, the misfits were like an old uh, punk band between like. 1978 1982 so i was too young to catch them then anyway but then the singer uh glenn danzig became danzig who then i also started to follow and stuff all right and we need no more mention him because we all watched him on the on aqua teen hunger force <laughs> yeah the blood going up the walls <laughs> <laughs> i'll buy it um is it since you were a fan of something that was popularized, or I don't even know, they weren't that popular when they came out, were they? The Misfits weren't no, that. Hip. I mean, honestly, like Metallica kind of helped popularize them because they were always like wearing their shirts and stuff like that. And then okay. they they tried like reuniting in like '96 with a different singer, and that like wasn't as successful, you know. Which singer? And, uh, he was uh, Michael Graves was his name. Okay. But it, it was cool for us old fans because then live they would play like all of the old songs and stuff too. But it definitely took on like more like a uh, metal kind of kind of sound than the punk sound that the early Misfits was about, you know. Yeah. So uh, Metallica also made the first song that I ever heard the Misfits, which was yeah, Garage they, on their Garage Days album. 
Yeah, like, they did the medley for uh, Last Caress and then Green Hell, which uh, was not as popular. Uh, but Last Caress, then they started playing um, regularly, like in their live sets and stuff. So I think they kind of definitely helped, like, keep their legacy alive and stuff like that, you know. But You, you think Lars and Glenn hang out? <laughs> I, I, I doubt Lars hangs out with Glenn. No, <laughs> they, why him, not? Him, uh, him and James actually became good friends, and then uh, Kurt okay. Hammett, because I guess uh, Kurt is a huge horror movie buff like uh, Glenn Danzig is, so they probably have that in common, you know. And I guess Cliff Burton, when he was alive, they were good friends. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm, I'm way off track. <laughs> I'm trying to explore the nerd. No, we're exploring the inner nerd of Stelios, yeah. The inner yeah, nerd yeah. of Stelios. Yeah, and and not only that, but the inner nerd of us all. What it's like, nerd is popular now. Yeah, I guess it wasn't really popular back then, uh, but uh, no, they had a whole movie about it. Remember Revenge of the Nerds? What was there was nothing worse than nerds. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So I wasn't like really like I was saying popular in school or whatever. But then when I started tattooing, we were. We were, uh, I think there was only one other parlor in the neighboring area back then, and then us. So then I started kind of doing something different or unique or original with like my designs and stuff. So it took off really fast, like overnight. I was like popular, but then I, I like worked hard for it too. I did like an old school method, like punk rock method of promoting. I was, you know, printing off hundreds of flyers and sticking them on, uh, 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 cars uh, under their windshield wipers and and uh, pissing ask- off people in parking lots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> asking asking businesses if I could hang up a flyer in their uh, you know barber shops and stuff like that around town. And kids don't really do that anymore. I don't, you don't really need to, obviously. With like, well, you do it with Instagram a, with your post, right? You just go around and you put up your post. Yeah, yeah. So it was like an old school method of like uh, promoting a band or something is how I kind of tried to help promote. I guess nowadays myself, you know, I do. I I figure the equivalent to flyering a parking lot nowadays must be um, posting on message boards or something, right? Or or or, or having um, a members joining a, a Facebook group. Yeah, probably posting up every 10th one so you don't get kicked out an advertisement. Yeah, like I said, it was just the old, old, old school method. Remember, like seeing like so many like, uh, I don't know, like light poles like in Ann Arbor with like old tape and old staples from like bands just plastering their shit all over town, you know. And one Stelios Fiend Club. And one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like. Were you going out and hitting the drive-throughs too? You know, when you go through the drive-through, you put your sticker on the side of the drive-through window. Oh man, I was putting them everywhere, like every bar, every. You know, I think I had stickers in, you know, bathroom doors on the machine shop, all the way to downtown Detroit. And I had, I, I believe I've run into somebody who wasn't aware that the Crimson Ghost, which uh-huh. you appropriated we'll say so that we don't say plagiarized um you appropriated from the misfits as an icon no. the, the crimson ghost if i'm not mistaken from 
uh, Edgar Allan Poe poem, right? No, it was an old, uh, uh, he was like a detective, like a series called The Crimson Ghost. It's actually a oh, he was guy. a detective? Yeah, he was actually a good guy. And uh, the Misfits uh, adapted their lettering from the old famous Monsters uh, logo. And uh, Glenn, I guess, drew the Misfits, but in that font. And then they were trying it with many different um, old classic horror monsters like Phantom of the Opera and shit like that. And then uh, they liked, all agreed on the Crimson Ghost. Because they were so like, the, this one's not popular enough to sue us. <laughs> right, probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, they, they made, like, this seal or, like, stamp of approval, like, circular logo that said the, the Misfits Fiend Club with that uh, Crimson Ghost in the middle. Well, I, I did, like, in my first year of tattooing, I did, like, this zombie tattoo that was, like, half man, half uh, skull. And uh, I loved it. And then I was, I remember messing around with like early uh, Adobe Photoshop or something and making it like uh, posturized where it was like just black and white. So it looked like almost like a army stencil or something like that. And I loved how okay. it turned out. And I was like, that's perfect. I could use that as like my seal. And I put that in the circle with the, uh, the misfits fiend club logo and made it to stelios uh I, f I swear i've had people not know that they they knew that it was yours they right no they're like ah this fucking yeah. band is using stelios's fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've heard some funny shit too like i don't know who these guys <laughs> think they are yeah, you can't I think just it was steal like shit a, from your tattoo artist and, and go on and make a million dollars on your record. I hope he's getting paid, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I remember actually somebody like telling me that with like the early Transformers movie or some shit like that, one of the first ones I think. And somebody had like the Misfits Fiend Club like uh, a poster in uh, their bedroom or something, and somebody came like right to me. He's like, dude. You're fucking getting huge, man. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. what they saw like, you in the, in the Transformers your movie. In the new, your logo's in the new Transformers movie. And I'm <laughs> like, no, nah, no, nah, no, it's not. Like, just, just, uh, just walk it off, man. Just be like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> let's right you are. Yeah. You want me to sign an autograph for you? Uh, and then I remember just early, early uh, on people like, you know, who who were hating just being like yeah and then, and then I, I heard he ripped off some logo from these guys and <laughs> blah 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 and then they're the same ones that use like the same lettering as fucking uh, you know whatever on their business cards it's like oh okay so then you took my yeah. idea of a little pinch here and a little pinch there and you yeah you shit on my idea and then you use your, yeah now it's a right, great one right. when it's yours so but now, when it was yeah, my so idea yeah so now fuck you right <laughs> yeah well that was that was the attitude though of tattooing in those days too right i guess is the long about that i'm getting to or hoping to get to is the day that i meet you the first time wasn't the happiest of exchanges we never even said hi but <laughs> it was it was yeah. in an era now even though i came into the shop with a great big goofy smile on my face trying to make friends All right. it wasn't <laughs> because i was a likable nice guy tattoo artist it right. was because i was no longer in my small pond 
where all the tattoo artists in our small pond in Flint, Michigan hated each other. I was now reaching outside, so I needed to have a friend kind of. So I was like, yeah, anybody, I'll be a friend. I'll be a friend. Right. And and uh, but that was the attitude. It, I, I, talk, I mean, talk with Gil Monty recently. Legend Gil the Drill Monty. Um, and uh, I love Gil. He's a pretty awesome guy. He's, yeah. he's an interesting guy. I, I don't know if if I can say his his charitable work is the highest on the level of, of uh, but um he's lived a hell of a life. He's fought yeah. for us in our country. He's uh fought for tattooing. Can I say that? I don't know. I feel like he's fought for himself inside of tattoo. I asked him what was one of the biggest requirements of his day and age of tattooing, and. This is because I'd, I'd read an interview where he said something very similar. I just wanted to open up the door so he could start telling me about it. But uh-huh. back in the day, it wasn't being a good tattoo artist that got you hired. According to Gil, you had to put up with some shit. You had to beat some ass or be prepared to fight at any given time because you might be going into, as he was describing, he was in another um, biker's uh, area tattooing as another oh, biker right. club or something. And sure. so there was immediate conflict right away, you know? Right. Uh, so he had it like, it would be a routine part of his day to go in, get in a fight, do some tattoos, go out at night and get into whatever trouble you could with yeah. the money you made. Yeah, it definitely. When we started the, the tattooing, uh, it was definitely different. It was more, you know, not like, Hey, accepting a new guy into the neighborhood. It was more like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Uh, taking my, away my my money, right? You know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Or so, even yeah, yeah my we did skills, have to have, right? Like yeah, we did have to have like a different attitude. It's unfortunate, you know, that we couldn't all, you know, get along, right? But that's <laughs> how how it kind of was, though, you know. Why can't we all get along? <laughs> right. Because there's only then, so many people getting tattooed and, and there's way between, too many people between doing us, it. Between mm-hmm. us and that other parlor, people either hated them, they would come in and talk to us about how shitty they got treated over there and these guys are rude, so we came to you guys and you guys are nice and that, or vice versa. I'm sure they, you know, people, you know, left us. So, oh my God, these guys are expensive. They, they wanted Stelly's dick, man. I yeah, said hey to him, and he didn't even say hi. He didn't even look at me, man. Right. So now yeah. I'm coming here to get your ink. <laughs> yeah. So it was like really, really a, a stupid era. But I guess it had to be what it had to be so it could be what it is today. I don't know. Seems like, that way, don't it? Because, right? like, what, I guess what I'm seeing, too, Gilmani came well before you and I in, in tattooing. Right. And he talks about having to fight on almost a daily basis. You and I get to tattooing. We don't fight about tattooing, but we give each other a couple of snarls, <laughs> you know, right? And then uh, nowadays in tattooing, people, maybe I'm wrong, but like for an old timer like myself in uh-huh. tattooing, uh, you go to the show and there's a new guy there and it seems like everybody's like, oh my God, you're new. How cute. Ah, oh, let me help you. Right. And you're like, yeah, what? Definitely, definitely uh, different. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't. Right. I can't say that it's wrong the wrong way either because it's definitely, I guess, where it should Probably be and better, how, huh? how it should be. But, man, I, I sit back and kind of think, man, goddamn, like, I wish I had all sorts of help from this guy and that guy <laughs> telling me uh, 
how to how to promote and get on. But did you ever have anybody give you that? Or, did you, you ever have anybody to, give you straight bad information, like just to try oh, to fuck you up? Oh yeah, yep. I remember dudes. <laughs> yeah, you know, just yeah, man. We we we. we what would really, they do really, to give me some good ones? We really had to work for it, didn't we? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah I do. I remember the first time I bought a tattoo machine off somebody I didn't know. Uh, uh-huh. It was only my second tattoo machine. Got I got turn my first it all the way up, right? right Dude, he know? he did. He said, uh, "What do you want? A liner or a shader?" And I was like, "Well, I already got another machine, uh, which I think <laughs> is a liner, so I uh-huh. guess I want a shader." And he said, "All right, no problem." And he took the machine, and he did some shit to it, kind of back in the room. He he, Alan Alan screws, you know, and uh, basically what he did was he just bent the fuck out of the spring. Uh huh. And and as a, if if you're not familiar with rotary machines. Um, then you might know a coil machine, which has a spring, operates like a, a circuit that continually breaks the circuit and resets and breaks and charges and resets. But if you really harden up that spring, if you bend the fuck out of that back spring, it's going to run like shit. And that's right. what he did. He was like, here's your machine. I'm going to sell it to you for twice the, what I paid for it. And then I'm going to ruin it for you so I don't have competition. Right, right. Yeah, we- <laughs> We definitely had to deal with some bullshit like that. That's for, for sure, you know. But how does it make you feel seeing these kids coming up then with all their love and acceptance? Well, I mean, I think it's great. They're doing phenomenal okay. work. I mean, it's it's amazing, you know. But like I said, I can't can't help but be envious sometimes and think like, damn, I wish I had like uh, somebody the equivalent of like uh, Cody Reed helping me out, or you know what I'm saying, just like all these amazing artists that, that are uh, helping people out and uh, it's cool. You know, I'm uh, like I said, I think we had to eat shit, our fair of shit. So it could be how it is now. And then I often wonder too, like, uh, you know, with tramp and some of the older dudes, like they probably saw us when we were coming in, like, Oh, there goes the fucking neighborhood. These fucking, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, probably thought the same shit about us, you know, but I, I don't yeah, know. Fuck these guys. Well, Tramp, <laughs> first, when you first went to a job for Tramp, he said, no, am I wrong? Oh, yeah, there's a great story uh, with uh, him hiring me and stuff. Well, let's uh, get into it. <laughs> yeah, he basically like. Uh, well, I was well, let me set food. let me set the setting and you tell me where I'm wrong. I know that okay. this is stupid. And someone's told me, Kyle, you have the worst interview uh procedure in the world you you say something and then you ask someone to disprove it instead of just asking them but <laughs> man i just love that shit so help me where i'm wrong uh my understanding you walk in there you know you got your death lock from the misfits club rocking you got your leather jacket <laughs> no, with the no. with the razor blades sewn in no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you go up to tramp and you're like hey old timer you old fuck <laughs> how about go. you give the kid a job no. And he says, that's <laughs> not, not what happened. Damn it. <laughs> I used to get tattooed at uh, different eternal tattoos from a guy named uh, Kenny. And Kenny was always like, uh, you should do this. You should do this. You can draw. Because I would always like show him like some of my drawing books and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was interested. And he told in you that. you should do it just so that you would continue to come back and, and give him money, right? He never meant no. it, did he? <laughs> Did no, he really mean he, it? He did. He would say, like, awesome. I'll set you up an interview with uh, uh, my boss, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll, I'll have him, you know. And he really was. Mm-hmm. Like, we we, we, we uh, found a common ground 
because of music. We listened to a lot of uh, similar bands and, and music or he would be like, hey, you got to check out this band uh, uh, Agnostic Front or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And here I was like a little like punk kid, you know, it's like, yeah, this is cool, you know, so it's like, you know, we, we shared like a cool common common ground and I think I remember uh, one time we ran into each other at um, Pantera and White Zombie and then we hung out. No, dude. The rest of the concert dude. together. And dude, you know I was there? Yeah, with Megadeth when when Dave oh, Mustaine got it was uh, White Zombie, then Pantera, then Megadeth. But Dave Mustaine got hit with a giant chunk of sod right in the fucking oh, face. Oh, and he quit, didn't he? Oh, he walked right off stage, dude. Like, <laughs> it was so good because he was like, you're destroying Mother Earth and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I and heard it. Was like, it was at the DTE, right? The, yeah, um, yeah. And he just got a huge chunk of, of, oh, it was so damn funny, dude. Because, like, guitar <laughs> was a, like his dirt was like all in his guitar and shit. Like, oh man. Well, did they, uh, they, they, did they, after doing that show, did they do uh, the Palace Auburn Hills or something? Did they stay? Cause I don't know. I remember I seeing really a Megadeth fan. I think I truly went to go see Pantera. One of the, that was like one of their first times in Detroit. Uh, and white zombie was very common. They were coming like every f- few months. It seemed like okay. so. Uh, but yeah, yeah anyway, White Zombie and Pantera did a concert at the Auburn that I went to and ended up moshing barefoot in. Right on. Huh. No, not. And that was terrible. On uh, it was, that was wrong. On <laughs> yeah, somebody, um, some friends came by and they're like, "Dude, we got LSD and tickets to the White Zombie." Well, it was sounding great. Signed up. Yeah. yeah, and I was fighting with my then girlfriend, and um. And I'd just gone outside for something and they came by like just then it was so perfect for me to exit and just leave her there with wondering what well, the, you know, no cell phones back then. So she's like, right, where the right. fuck did you go? Yeah. Like, I went and had the best time, but I was wearing sandals when they picked me up oh, and Jesus. I ended up, uh, we were in the nosebleed seats though. So it wasn't a problem. You know, I sandals up there didn't, buy, but it was such a bad show. And I, I didn't care for Rob Zombie's set. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I was just walking around the mezzanine really fucking dismayed and still pissed off about my life back home and uh not getting out of it because you know the seats and then somebody was like rush they yelled rush and a, a, like a whole fuck ton of people just started run, rushing this aisle oh, yeah to the general admission I, I don't i haven't i don't get out of the house anymore man tell me what is it what is it like out there <laughs> i'll 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 mosh barefoot inside of a stadium full of Tens of thousands of people, but I will not leave my house anymore, man. I don't yep. know. Um, yeah, th- that was an awesome night. Good times, good albums, and uh, it was well before I was tattooing. So you were already tattooing back then, though. Early nineties uh, scratch, and I wasn't really tattooing, you know. But um, well, when you when you did get a uh, opportunity to meet Tramp and ask him for a job. He, did he give you one right away? No, no. He kind of said like, uh, well, I mean, here's here's kind of the funny part of it, I guess. He tells me like, bring bring me his uh, his best, your best stuff. He says, bring me your best stuff. And I have this whole like drawing book of stuff. And I was I was influenced early on by like uh, new school artists like uh, 
Jimmy Litwak and uh, Tony Ciavaro oh, yeah. and, and stuff. And was kind of putting my own twang into what they were already kind of doing too, you know. So um, I remember having this whole like photo album of drawings and stuff. And first off, he was like an hour and a half late. So I'm like, eh, this guy. This guy's making me wait, you know. I guess I'm not he's, worth it. He's doing know? the power play, yeah. yeah. Already beating me down before I even made me the guy. <laughs> uh, Come into my office and you have a chair and it's like a kid's chair and he's sitting up there on his throne. <laughs> yeah. Like, so what like can a, I do for you? Like a little Tonka stool, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite like that. But then I remember him fanning through my book like so quickly, like it didn't even look like. He was like <laughs> looking at it, you know, and then he'd occasionally stop and then keep fanning through it and then stop. And then he like uh, pushes the book like back to me and he goes, uh, oh, I thought I told you to bring your best stuff. And I'm like, damn, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a belly punch. Right let's let's that. set something up for people that are listening. Maybe they listen to Tramp's interview. Um, yeah. I was I, I interviewed him. And to be completely honest. I was just so scared the whole time, even knowing the guy and liking the guy and being, you know, we've had a long, I've worked for him. We're friends. I, or I consider us friends. We're friendly, but tramps, um, man, he'll stare right through you. You know what I mean? Like he's He's definitely got an intimidating presence and all of that. But honestly, once you get to know him, he's honestly a dude, like he's been one of the best influences in in my life, really like one of the best, best human beings and Gina too. Like, uh, they've, his wife, I've, Gina. I've been with him for, you know, a long, a long time. They've treated Has it been good. 16 years, 15, 16 years. <laughs> yeah. You're funny. <laughs> it's been that, hasn't it? Was it longer? Yeah. It's been like, uh, 20, 24 years now. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how old we are sometimes, man. I, I try know, not right? to know. I don't look at calendars. I don't touch money. It's, right. That's the two rules of Kyle's life. <laughs> that's probably a smart rule that Candy has on you. <laughs> yeah, was, she's just setting me up for if she passes early, I'm just going to be one of them doddery and old fools that has no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, how do you flush the toilet again now? I got to <laughs> ask it politely or something. Yeah, Please conserve some water while you flush my shit. String to pull. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Everything's but, yeah. The whole when if if I was left alone, the whole world would be. I I, I what well, we were we were navigating some customer service things yesterday, and uh-huh. we got to the point where normally I would blow up at the person because of a forty dollar late fee, and you're like, what kind of a fucking business charges forty dollars <laughs> on a late fee? I mean, you don't get charged forty dollars for your rent on a late fee. You're telling right. me Amazon has the ability to charge me forty dollars for a five dollar item <laughs> when I'm three days late? Fuck right. you! And I'm ready to you know start throwing chairs and shit. And Candy just calmly dealt with it. She seems to know that these people have a lot of leeway. So she was just like, be nice, be nice. Shut the fuck up, Kyle. And uh, the person wrote off three of those uh, late charge, all the late charges we had. She was like, okay, we'll get rid of those. I'm like, whoa, that was so much better than what I, (laughs) I just figured I'd never use Amazon again. It's like, well, today's the day, you know, they pissed me off now. (laughs) Yep. Fuck no, never. What else they got? eBay? <laughs> Etsy, any of that? Right, right. Etsy, I'll be getting my my kava from Etsy now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dog food will come from Etsy. Isn't that a thing? A bunch yeah. of 
But yeah, um, anyway, like Tramp, Tramp, like sent slides me back my book. Says, uh, thought I told you to bring your best stuff. Do a do a Tramp impersonation for us on that one, please. It was okay. It was like I thought I told you to bring your best stuff, dog. I was like, I don't know. I'm I'm laughing right now. I can't really. Me too, because how here it makes me think. Tramp is such an intimidating figure. Uh huh. Do, do you think he has any idea the number of people that impersonate him? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He probably doesn't like it. You know what I'm saying? Do you but, think anybody's ever impersonated him to his face? Like, I don't know. I, I I begin wondering. I'm like, I bet he doesn't. Everybody I know that knows Tramp ends up saying something like that. What up, dog? They always they oh, kind right, of change right, right. their their turn and they say, even um even Gil. It seems like Gil uh, made some kind of impersonation of him, or, uh-huh. or at least used the dog on me. He's like, "What do you say?" Just so that dog. <laughs> yeah, he Anyways. probably doesn't like it. So, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think has he ever heard I'm you sure impersonate him? Huh? Has he ever heard you impersonate him? No, he's going to hear this podcast and probably yell at me. He ain't listening <laughs> to this podcast. You know, tramps out there riding around in in Arizona on his motorcycle. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, but then like Brian or somebody's gonna be like, Yeah, did you hear Stellios do interview? He's impersonating like ah oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no man, but, like like I was saying though, like he like uh pushed away my book and and then he was like, uh let me let me show you what I what I want you to do, dog. I want you to I want you to take and he's like, I'm gonna send you with some homework and uh he finds like this picture of a skull and then a picture of a panther. And it was like the classic, um, like Vince Neal tattoo that was like clawing onto his arm, kind of dragging yeah. the nails like that. that I want panther. you to learn to put the red in there so that it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. like he's no, dragging he, right in your skin. But he's like, I want you to do pencil work. I want to see your shading and see the muscles and the panther and the, the details in the skull and, Honestly, man, I think he thought like I will never fucking see this fucking kid again. Right. I'm gonna send send him away with this homework, and literally, uh, like three days, four days later, I think I was like uh, calling him, like, um, "Yeah, hello, Mr. Tramp. Uh, this is <laughs> Mr. Tramp. I, I I have that homework ready for you. <laughs> you know, yeah, and uh, teach. Yeah, we ended up meeting again, and he liked it. He said, well, I like you, but you don't really know how to tattoo. So, like, go learn, figure out some of the ins and outs and blah, blah, blah. And come and see me in, like, six months. And I think it was probably, like, four or five months that I was hitting him back up. And Well, where'd you go? Uh, I was just, like, uh, kind of, like, self-learning. and you didn't, you didn't go to a shop or anything? No. It's like... Uh, doing it myself you know i had a lot of cousins and a lot of friends and i were i worked in a factory too where I, I had a lot of friends that saw me doodle and draw and would always like say hey man you know they they knew that i wanted to not be in the factory forever and driving a high low so um they were like yeah if you want to tattoo something on me you let me know and blah blah, blah. Uh, i learned a lot about like the the cleanliness end of it first because i was you know at that point with my ex uh uh, wife wanting to start a family so it's like really 
scared about bringing anything into the house and shit like that, you know. Any diseases from somebody's blood. Right. So then, uh, yeah, the, the, the rest is history. I remember him saying, like, I got an opening in Howell, and I was like, well, where the fuck is that? Because I was like, I'm a, I'm a city boy. I, I, I thought you had a, a job at a, at a kind of hood shop for a while, a, a ghetto shop, if you will. No, no, it's just always like kind of learning, learning on my own, you know, right on learning on the at the factory. Yeah, well, I mean, with a lot of the that people was like definitely helping me get a start, you know, so I do. I I started in a trailer park. That's how I figured that's where there's plenty of skin for me. So there's a certain amount of skin for you at the factory. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I was like a Metro, Metro Detroit, born and raised in like Clawson, Royal Oak area and stuff. And uh, he was like, well, I have an opening in Howell. And I was like, where the hell is that? You know, <laughs> but and now, now I've been there, the same, same shop for over 20, 20 some years now. So it's crazy. Time flies. It is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. That's a long time anywhere. I worked there for almost three years. That's the longest I've ever held a job in my life. Best three years ever, wasn't it? Damn straight. Yes, it was. That's right. (laughs) It was actually really, it was really cool. It really helped me out at a time we needed some help. You know, we were fostering um, the Kevlar there and, uh, and had to be by the hospital and, it was, you know, awesome tramp to give me the opportunity to work there because, you know, I had no, and I needed it. You know, we were, we were fostering a kid that was medically fragile. So, um, and then same cool with the same with us, you know, going from not knowing each other and me giving you a snarly, gnarly <laughs> yeah. look, uh, uh, we've become <laughs> great friends and you and candy have uh, been some of my best friends for sure. Yeah. That's actually where the whole idea for this podcast kind of come up. Because I was thinking in your text message, you, you gave me such a thank, you know, thanks for being friends and not uh, overlooking you after the snarl and all that. And I never really thought about it like that because I was looking at it like Stelios is the gatekeeper of the cool guy, guys club. You were no right. longer the nerd. You were so much cooler than that. I was the nerd. Right, right. You know? <laughs> and so I was just like, well, one day maybe I'll be cool enough to join, hopefully, you know. And yeah, like I said, I just had my head up my ass so far, like back then. So, like, whatever. And then, like, life changes you and life humbles you. And you really start to step outside and look and see, you know, and stuff. What was stuff. it like at first seeing somebody's work that was awesome then? Like, sometimes I remember seeing somebody that did great work and I kind of hated them for it, right? Like, it was way better than what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, or, they started or, or after me. Or you wouldn't show. Remember when you wouldn't show that it was like great? You'd be like, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. It's all right. You know? <laughs> great, good for them, you know? <laughs> yeah, nice. Real nice. Really deep inside, you were like, God damn. Bro, <laughs> yeah, if you're into bright colors and cool fucking design work, I guess that's what you would get. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, fuck me, run it back to the drawing board. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they then it was for me, I think that was the softening for me because you know I had had the harder exterior for some time. But right. then as I started to see people better than me, younger than uh-huh. me, 
at, at first, you know, you're kind of like, fuck this kid, one in a million. Fuck him, I hate him. You know, him. yeah, Cody, Cody um, Reed came into my shop looking for a job once, and he told me <laughs> I kind of was like, fuck you, whatever, dude. Yeah. Cody fucking Reed, bro. <laughs> that's hilarious i think yeah, now, I, now he's like uh, one of the most phenomenal artists i've seen like oh yeah, yeah. and even his <laughs> stuff then was you know he had a he had well he didn't have like a bunch of tattoos but he had a bunch of uh, artwork right and his artwork, and his artwork was all was phenomenal yeah. portrait sure. faces yeah. of Marilyn and stuff jesus yeah and i'm just like okay good luck buddy whatever well that's very rare though like how many times though have you I mean, I know I have like have kids coming in and they're like, I'm aspiring to be an artist. So we just want your opinion. Tell me what you think one day and you see it. And it's like some like <laughs> fourth grade level, like stick figures yeah. and stuff. Where you're keep like, at it, buddy. One of like, these days. Yeah, keep keep chopping away. You know, like, you don't want to be a, a, a dick, but it's like god damn but then once in a while you'll get like the cody reads where you'll see something and be like god damn like that shit's amazing mm-hmm. you know so, well you would think that that would have made me be more receptive to cody but no i i must have been at a spot in my career where i wasn't where i was just like whatever good luck well like you know? like we said though the 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 industry was different we we, we would probably say yeah kid's good but don't open up around here, please. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where like, are you from, Saginaw? Best to go yeah, up there. Stay, stay out there. Yeah, Saginaw is <laughs> a great area. Yeah, you know, you know, like far away from away. Flint. Keep them the fuck away from me, please. Yeah, it's funny. But I, I, I did now, have now. Look at some of the young kids now. Now that I've been judging at like the uh, villain arts uh, conventions. It's so amazing seeing some of the work and then hearing, yeah, this kid's only been tattooing two years, and you're like, fucking what? Like, yeah, it's, fuck me, Ronnie. What do what do we amazing. even do? Right, but I mean, like, you know, we didn't have the machinery. The the uh, uh, well, now you're gonna cook- start with the excuses. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah, had yeah. shitty ink. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we had terrible mentors. Uh, <laughs> no, it was my brother right. went to a shop, and uh, <laughs> one of the guys was putting rubbing alcohol in his black ink at night. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember <laughs> uh, working with a guy that was uh, filling up my black with water. Yep. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Why is all my black work coming back? <laughs> washed out. Faded my lines look like they're gray. Yeah. <laughs> my lines look like a, a Tom Renshaw portrait. Yeah. We definitely had different, different animals to deal with for sure. But like yeah. I said, uh, um, listening to some of uh, old Philadelphia Eddie's stories and uh, tramps and then, uh, you know, what they've had to deal with and then what we've had to deal with, I guess it wouldn't be where it's at today for sure, you know. So I am thankful for, you know, the history, just not not so thankful for, I guess, my own actions or behaviors or how I used to be. It's always a journey, right? I figured you were going there, but it's always a journey. So we arrive at this place and we wouldn't, we wouldn't even to me. Okay. To be honest, there's only about 167 of them that actually listen to podcasts like me talking by myself or me talking with somebody without a huge following, like as it works, if I get somebody on with a huge social presence, 
it gets shared more, more listens. And then there's like 167 of us listening. And I'm figuring that all of them are villain arts tattoo artists or people that know us very personally, you know, probably. Yeah. And and I don't know that there's some perspective on that, that that might help or there's some part of your perspective on our past as tattooing or your sure. spot in tattooing, my spot in tattooing from our age, you know, to uh, the, the, these younger kids might be able to extrapolate some, I don't, would it be respect? I don't think it's even respect because we're past that. They got respect. Yeah. But understanding, I guess, because, because that's kind of, I hear a lot of old timers and I'm one <laughs> that, that say certain things that I have to guard myself against. Because they'll say things in the very fashion uh, that I can see it's actually what holds them back. Like he's, he's, uh, I, I get um, somebody that tells me these kids nowadays, they don't want to do whatever tattoo comes through the door. You know, they just want to do whatever they want to do. Right. And, and they got to be able to do all these small tattoos. And the truth of the matter, if you study careers, and for those listening at home, if you are a tattoo artist, this is, I think it could set you up a couple of light years ahead of the game. If you know this, no, don't do every tattoo. Have right. a strong no. One thing that your career has seen, like you don't want to do anybody else's tattoo. Right. But like, we weren't allowed to... to say no, really. You know what I'm saying? We had to do right. anything yeah. and everything coming through the door. Whether it And at some point that'll hold you zone. back though. Right. right. Oh, for sure. It could make it would you take learn. us out of our mm -hmm. comfort zone and we do something that you know, wasn't as great as the one before that we had total liberty with. You know what I'm saying? So then mm -hmm. somebody would see that tattoo and be like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to go see that guy, you know. So but yeah, that 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 in itself is like a career changer right there. Like you just said, you know what I'm saying? Is what's that um, knowing what you want or? Yeah, just not doing every damn thing or saying saying no. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So uh, that that was just not uh, we we were not allowed to do that back then. You know. Nope. So nope. I know I wasn't allowed to do that because I couldn't hold a job anywhere. Uh -huh. So it, like I, I when I tell you I worked for you for three years or with you for three years over the Eternal Four Tramp there, that is the longest job I have ever held in my life. I believe. That I didn't work for myself. So right. when I was starting up, I couldn't find anybody that would hire me um, that was reputable. Right. <laughs> like a bunch of little shops would hire you and then they'd screw over the traffic their landlord. Wasn't like and, it is nowadays either. You know, people will say, oh, it, it's slow. And it's like, dude, this isn't slow. Like, you, you want to be <laughs> slow, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Go back to 1998 Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> right you know <laughs> when you're just so, like i don't know how these kids are going to get any toys under the tree like oh yeah, i don't I know coming i remember coming so close to calling my son and being like well santa's got a flat tire up there by the uh, <laughs> north pole and he might not make it down this this right. year but then luckily like the week of would get i was busy yep. and, and help make up and we'd be last minute shopping the night before yeah. for for his uh presence and stuff but no, not now there is definitely foot traffic and it's uh, probably foot traffic that we helped establish. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't, I can't take any and all the credit. Uh, it's eternal tattoos also, you know what I'm saying? But, right. But uh, you're part of that huge cog, you know, you were yeah. part of that making it work when um, I, did, I did my best, man. And that's all I could say. 
I talk over with Troy, uh, Troy Temple, the owner of Villain Arts. We talk about Philadelphia, and that's uh-huh. the biggest tattoo convention in the world. And you could almost ask why. It isn't because it started out as a tattoo mecca. He believes that he has had a great hand in it because uh-huh. of the success that he's had in building and promoting Philadelphia as one sure. of his biggest and first shows. And because of the advertising simply from his uh, his tattoo convention that he does, the hundreds of thousands of dollars that he puts into it, possibly even quarter of a million dollars into advertising for a show each year, that raises awareness of tattooing in that area. And he sure. believes it's pretty directly related to the work done by villain arts sure that has made yeah, philadelphia like a, this heavily I think a lot place. of a lot of the artists there too were, were responsible remember like doing chicago and doing philly when they were very small uh they were very very like lucrative for us to like walk away from those shows and be like holy shit i fucking killed it you know yeah. uh, yes i worked my fucking ass off but i fucking killed it so then when another artist would say how was philly dude i fucking crushed it so then that that's gonna make other artists be like well maybe go next out there year next year i need to go to mm-hmm. philadelphia or go to chicago and definitely like that show like listen to that that number a quarter of a million in promoting alone like that's uh, some people don't even put yeah. that towards the entire <laughs> fucking show you know what i'm saying yeah. so like uh, that's that's amazing and what it's turned into and yeah seeing it from like the old hotel i don't remember if it was a uh a hyatt or a sheridan or something like that and then to the to the other place and now to this it's like amazing you know watching mm-hmm. it watching it grow and and it's going to be even bigger this year so just to like walk around the room and see like that many artists and all of that it's just amazing dude like it's crazy it's awesome it is it is crazy to see when you go to a city like philadelphia and then you see a line around the, what is the it building. the reading market it's not the reading market but um reading street like or something like reading street yeah. yeah yeah race street reading street all that and and there's a line like a, a wrapped around this huge line of people waiting to get in to get um, in, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I'll give it to us. We did that. That's what we did, or uh-huh. others, others that came before us. But I'll ride on their coattails, sure. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> everything, everything definitely has a, a play in it. Of course, Troy is the maestro for sure. But like right in Philadelphia, Eddie, that he he purchased it from, and his desire to keep that uh, that going, city. right. When you say you used to listen to Philadelphia Eddie stories, where, where did you did you catch him from Philadelphia Eddie, or, or did you hear him on on his um in his books or his audio tapes or anything? Everything, you know what I'm saying. It's like uh, I remember I think I met him the very first time at a show in Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, he was signing books. I think then, you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. stuff. So. Philadelphia uh, Eddie was instrumental in getting tattooing in New York uh-huh. uh, where it was illegal, but he was kind of forced out of New York and, uh, and started in Philly because it was legal there. And so he got the moniker Philly, Philadelphia Eddie, despite being 
originally operated in New York. I'm, I'm probably wrong about all this. But man, I love listening to his stories or even reading his books. Same, they, they, same. and then uh, Shanghai. They go all over. Shanghai mm-hmm. Kate, too. I met her, well, I think, the first passed. time. Yeah, she just recently passed away. And uh, just listening to some of her stories and what a pioneer she was for like uh, female female artists, you know, and stuff. So, And just what a testament of a human being, too, that like this the crazy shit that she has gotten herself into, been into, been through. Was she was oh, yeah. kidnapped then, in well, Mexico females, at one point? Females were like, females were ter- totally like condemned for getting tattoos. And now, I mean, I don't know about you, but I would say like fifty percent of my clientele is female. You know, so right. it's like it's crazy. I'm told that more that there's more females going into tattooing right now too. It's just a uh, different of artists, tattoos. Artists, yeah. For sure. And back in the day, my wife would be making a stencil for somebody getting ready to tattoo him. And they would say, so after uh, he gets done, they would point to me. I'd be tattooing at the time. You know, they worked with her through every process. There was nothing to make them think that she wasn't going to tattoo them except for her absence of a penis. <laughs> you know, like they're clearly you have no penis. So after he gets done, he's going to tattoo. How does this work? I don't get it. I'm starting right, to get right. scared that you're thinking you're going to put in ink in my skin and that's not possible. You're a female. You're a girl. Right, right, right. And now, yeah. and there was back then too, there was the one or two guys that were like, no, I only get tattooed by females. And you're like, you're a creep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love getting tattooed by girls. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Sure you, sure you do. Right. Right. Um, but, but nowadays, yeah, it's, it, there's no question about it. It seems like, you know, no, no one says, no, no one seems to assume as much anymore what the, the gender of the artist has to be for quality work. Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to, I want to, did, did I hire any female artists? I'm trying to think. I want to take credit for it, but it's probably Kat Von D's work really that did that. Well, I mean, that definitely like uh, turned, turned another page, you know, it was all those shows. I remember like Miami Inc. coming on and being like sweet, like this is going to make it like, take it to the next level and then la inc coming on and being like all right like uh this is something else too you know like every every show had its like uh pinnacle too you know then ink master the best (laughs) then that goddamn ink master (laughs) goddamn ink master (laughs) i reached out to nunez recently i don't know Uh if i told you this i I text him up i forgot i had his number (laughs) <laughs> and I just wanted to text him, you know, and tell him that I still hate you. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, I hate I, I hate that you're alive. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually text him and thanked him because so many people still to this day recognize. I swear to fucking I went in to get my oil changed yesterday. Oh, Maybe yeah. if you're listening, you don't know this about me, but I've shaved my hair off. And do me this favor. If you see me nowadays and you recognize that my hair is is shaved. Don't ask me to grow it back. <laughs> you fucking yeah. asshole. Like, do you go up yeah. to somebody in a wheelchair and be like, hey, you should, no. you should walk. Yeah. You should Are you walk lazy? Again. 
Yeah. Right. You Jesus Christ in him or something. You go uh, up there, lay your hands on him and make him walk. If you got the power, if you want to grow my hair back for me, God bless you. Do it. I would love already. to have that thick, luxurious hair that I had in my youth. But nowadays yeah. I'm going on to Captain Jean-Luc Picard style. Okay. Oh, yeah, it doesn't so quite grow it that short. way, does it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it, it's not up to me anymore. That's what I have uh, to tell people. Like, dude, you should grow your hair back so I'd recognize you. But either, yeah. n- never mind. <laughs> Nonetheless, about that, I'm going to get my oil changed. And and the dude's like, dude, I'll take him back right away. Yeah, come right this way, Kyle. And I'm like, whoa, Kyle, do I know you? He's like, right. no, but I know you, Mr. Netflix. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, even I tried, I tried growing my hair out not too long ago and not all of it was growing out like it should. So I ended up like growing like this mullet thing that was like nice. the guy from Eastbound and Down or whatever. And I was Dude, like, that's coming yeah, back in though. This isn't working. No, it was, it was simply just like uh, not, not working for me at all. So I was just <laughs> like, yeah, I, I need to cut this stuff, you know, so. got to keep it, got to keep it short nowadays. Yeah. Sad, yeah, but true. Totally. Who is yeah. it? You said, um, Whose style did you say there? Oh, I forget his name. The actor, Danny McBride, I think. From okay. Bound yeah. Down. And I was like, do, do you notice that this stuff is coming? Like my our culture that that we might have felt was uh, the fringe, you know, that was on the edge back right. in the day is now being sold at Walmart. Like when I was 13, I had the Guns N' Roses cross from their Appetite for Destruction album. And now it's at Walmart. Like you had to go and like either order off the inside of the album, you know, like to their merch, like like thing and send them an actual envelope with money and shit in it to get a T-shirt back. Or you had to go to the concert or you had to go to like Spencer's or something, some head shop somewhere that had it. And now you buy it at Walmart. Kids don't even know. They're just like, oh, I, I just like this shirt. It was cool. I saw I saw Ken, Kanye wearing it. So <laughs> I'm watching this girl rap on SNL last night. She, right. I don't know if it's rapping or it's music. I don't know. I'm, I'm bad about new stuff. But and she's wearing this uh, Harley Davidson Eagle. Like, OK, s- straight up genre change, you know. You, you might expect her to be wearing a uh, NWA or something, right? Because of, of, of what heritage or, or oh, yeah, what a tattoo, a tattoo was accepted. Is a Halloween is a Halloween costume now, man. Remember, like, I don't know. It's like so accepted and so common <laughs> now that it's like. What do you do? Just get a black sullen shirt and grow a beard? Yeah, and have those like <laughs> nylon fake sleeve thingies, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. Did you, you really can get that from like a gift shop, like a tattoo artist? I'm going this this year as a tattoo artist. Yeah, yeah. They got the little nylon sleeves and everything. Yeah. Hilarious. But that is I am, I am glad awesome. that we I am glad that we are friends now, man. And I, I like I said, I I did apologize about uh Oh, you never first, need to. I I I, I like that, right? Because I it if it was too easy to be accepted, then what kind of friends would we even be? Like Maybe you made it such a challenge, right? That I was like, no, I'm going to conquer this. Me and Steli, we're friends. We're going to be friends. He don't know it yet. Right. We're going to be besties. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stelios, what is my problem? Like, what? What do you I don't, with me, like, I should be happy. Uh-huh. I, I even, I sound happy. I talk happy. 
in conversations with people, I can always be happy and I can always put up a front. Maybe I don't even know if it's the front, but then especially around this time of year, I'm fucking depressed, man. I don't know what, like, I don't know how to be happy in the holidays. Is that right? Like, I think this music pisses me off. Weather has a lot to do with it. The sun never being out, you know, it's always constantly gray. Yeah, of course. And then it's like family that's come and gone and stuff too. So that, you know, you think about all of those things. So, but I can't watch a commercial and, and be happy and like if um it, it holiday season commercials i don't even know if it's just holiday season commercials because commercials always kind of get me but uh-huh. i just hate them around this time and then i catch myself driving on the road or whatever went to the oil change yesterday two people right. say i never finished that story i'm sorry two people recognize me even despite my hair being cut but um, Nunez, so that's why I had to thank Nunez. It's just like, dude, people still recognize me because of what you did. You knew that you were making me popular. Whether or not we liked each other or not, you know, you knew the outcome better than I would. I imagined you were trying to ruin my career. Yet over 10 years later, people are still giving me preferential treatment at the oil change, you know, at the dealership. Like sure. that's Amazing. something. But despite that, I'm driving back and I'm just, I just, I, I feel like I hate everything, dude. I feel like I hate everything and I need to, and I know better because it doesn't make me happier. It doesn't make my world better. It don't make the people around me better. Um, And honestly, I can't even do it. It's not that I can't confide. It's just, uh, I don't know, like, who cares (laughs) that you get like, Hey, we got a lot of shit going on holidays. Yeah, okay, we get it. You're depressed. A lot of people are depressed now, Kyle. Um, right. Hey, Kyle, do you mind if I uh, cut you off for a second? Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, pause. Well, I'm and- talking about my feelings and all that. Yeah, by all means. Sure, man. Well, <laughs> no, my, the depressing my, son, part. my son walked in. We we're going to go to lunch real quick, but uh, oh, no maybe problem. we we can pause, quit, edit, and come back? Or, uh, <laughs> you, I think we can. Up? Um, yeah, I, th- I, I think we maybe even just leave it at that because that's almost more perfect. Hey, man, help me out for a second. I will, but my son just died. No, no, <laughs> we, we have we have more to talk about. So let's please uh, continue. Yes, we do. Um, enjoy your lunch. Tell Noah we said hi. He's right hey. here if you want to tell him. Hello. What up, Noah? <laughs> what do you he say? Says, he says, hey, how are you? Oh, hey, how are you? I thought he said, get a parka. <laughs> i'm like i live in michigan i've got a parka <laughs> hey but, uh, how are you hey how are you well you kids you, have a good time do you want we'll me to talk call to you. text you later here or are you busy or yeah you let's here? let's see where we're at i got a little bit of running to do but i've got time a little bit later on in the night for sure so Same. all right buddy. we'll talk to you soon brother love you love man you. all right bye <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um i do have this uh right now and it's it is hard to confide um with people i guess confide i don't even know like i want to be honest with people listening and from what i hear from listening to myself sometimes is i have i don't want to call it a mask but i'm sure a psychologist would of of uh that, that covers up some of my feelings and throughout this time, I really get, it's not necessarily depression. 
it's something that I have to fight against harder than that because it, it's just it leads to depression. I shouldn't say harder than that, but it leads to depression. I feel during this time as though I'm less connected with people than any other time. Or maybe they're more involved in their own lives, very similar to what just happened when you're like, hey, help me out with this. I've been struggling. And they're like, all right, but um, I've got to go to lunch first. And oh, man, I don't want to throw that on the kid like I'm cutting it down. I'm, I'm, I'm really more just trying to analyze myself, wondering why it is at these times of the year, especially, I, I get an overriding sense of dread. But I guess we'll catch into that a little bit later. Maybe we'll talk about it with our boy Stelios when he gets back. Till then, uh, obviously, I've either stayed too long, said too much, definitely stayed too long. There's no one else here. So we'll be signing off.